It's spooky season here at Crossfire, and we'll be talking about the latest in gaming news, as well as how does the church and Halloween coincide. Coming up next. What's up, everybody, and welcome to Crossfire Faith and Gaming Podcast, where we talk about news, pop culture, and churchy things. I am one of your hosts, Russ Dornish, alongside my co-host, the Reverend David Petty. Hey, everybody, what's up, and welcome to Crossfire Faith and Gaming. Uh, excited to bring you some of today's news and get into a little bit of uh, talk about our spooky season. So uh, why don't I start off with our first thing, and then, Russ, you can take it after that. Um, first thing I noticed in the news, Battlefield 2042 introduces the first nine non-binary character, uh, first for the series for Battlefield 2042 it says that the uh, character Emma Sundance Rosier or Rosier, I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, it says that the character is non-binary, making them the very first character who identifies as such in EA's long running series. Um, I think this is pretty cool. I think the you know the goal of character creation in games has always been to create characters that look like however you feel like you want to play a character. Some guys play as guy characters. Some gals play as, as guy characters. Some guys play as gals and gals play as gals. But now, I think for all those folks out there that identify as non-binary, saying, you know, I'm not specifically male or female, I'm kind of right in the middle, um, pretty exciting that they get some representation. Russ, what do you think? Yeah, I'm always uh, I'm always for that representation in games, especially because I feel like games are for everybody, um, and therefore we should always have things that you know help out everybody to be able to play games and be able to play that they want to play. So always a positive when we see uh, companies taking a stand and kind of doing that. I'm glad to see EA jumping jumping on board with uh, being a little bit more representative of you know the entire culture. Um, next up, this one's really exciting. Okay, it's been long rumored. But the Grand Theft Auto Trilogy, the Definitive Edition, got a gameplay trailer. We got all the information. And guess what? It is coming out November 11th, which is awesome. Uh, Just going to open up the article that we have from IGN that kind of details what we're getting. But uh, it's coming out on almost every platform, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, uh, consoles, Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, PC, and eventually Mobile systems will also be getting this version of the game. They've also announced very quietly that they're going to be removing any other copies of the games available to purchase anywhere. So this will be the only copy that you can buy of the Grand Theft Auto games. But there are a bunch of improvements uh, coming to it besides just the refresh, which, by the way, go look the trailer. Pretty cool, I think, what they did. Some people aren't liking it. Some people wanted more. I think they did enough because they did more than just a simple remaster, add some lighting, and that's about it. So... Uh, inspired by GTA 5, the improvements to targeting and lock-on aiming, updated weapon and radio station wheels, updated mini-maps with enhanced navigation allowing players to set waypoints to destinations, updated achievements, trophies, and so much more, including including the feature that I'm about to love, which is the ability to immediately restart a failed mission, cutting out the major frustrations that people have with the originals, including myself. Uh, very excited. The Switch version will have gyro gaming. PC will have uh, NVIDIA DLSS. And PS5 and Xbox Series will be 4K at 60 FPS. Um, I already pre-ordered it. It's coming out November 11th. Uh, Dave, what are your thoughts? And are you going to be playing and returning to this masterpiece of a series? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's amazing that they're doing this. I've always said that I think anything that you can do to bring an older game 
to a new generation, especially to reintroduce it to players, uh, often like myself, who say, I love uh, trying to re-engage with an old story, but I love graphics, and trying to re-engage with an old story with old graphics can sometimes be a huge burden when we expect things like ray tracing and just amazing, gorgeous graphics. So I think it's neat. I think it's valuable. Um, I personally probably will not jump back in because I've got such a backlog of so many other games. Uh, GTA San Andreas was actually one of the first games that I completed uh, that I remember actually finishing the whole game all the way through. Um, And I think we've talked about before that, you know, that the violence in these games is kind of a commentary on violence uh, that they themselves are a satire on the genre. So it's, I don't know. I've always thought rockstar does things really well. The other thing I just want to comment on is how well I think they executed this release. There was a lot of speculation. They said, Hey, we're actually doing it. Oh, and by the way, it's coming out in three weeks or four weeks or however, you know, (laughs) rather than the, Hey, everybody look at what's happening with cyberpunk three years from now, you build up all this hype for three years and then you under deliver. So uh, I've always yeah. said under promise over deliver and over communicate. Um, I think rockstar did a great job with his launch. I'm excited to see it. I think the the problem I'm seeing though, and this could be why some games do announce it early is you don't want the surprise to be gone. And unfortunately this game has been rumored for this like remaster has been rumored for probably two or three years. So they have been working on it for quite a while. I just remember there's always like a posting of, you know, grand theft auto trilogy gets raided in, in Poland. Like, is there a Grand Theft Auto remaster coming? And is it a remake or what is it? Um, I know there's been that. So maybe, you know, that's kind of the point of you got to get that good sweet spot of it's hard to say, hey, we've got a game coming. Oh, by the way, it's releasing in two weeks versus, oh, we have a game coming. It's coming out in four years. It's like, can we get that sweet spot of like, I think six to eight months would be great for announcements. Like the first time they announce a game and be like, it is for sure coming out in six months. Here's the release date. We are going to hit it. We're already on track. We're pretty close to being done type of thing. Um, that would be pretty cool. Uh, I, I I just wish we'd get that sweet spot more with games. And who knows? We might get that eventually. Um, you know, that that's something that maybe comes down the line. Uh, up next, I mean, I'm, I'm a Series X owner. So this news is a little bit interesting to me, although I'm a little bit sad too because uh, it's kind of expensive. But... Xbox Series X is finally getting different sized memory cards. Currently, you can only buy a one terabyte, which, by the way, the one terabyte actually retails for $220.99. Well, $220 for a one terabyte expansion card. They are proprietary to the Xbox Series X, which I think is a problem. As a Sony fan, I have had problems with this in the past because the Vita got killed by the Sony memory cards for them. Uh, They were way too expensive. People couldn't get them. That kind of was the downfall of that. Um, when I saw Xbox announce their own memory card, I was like, uh, I've seen where this goes in the past. You don't get competition. Therefore, prices do not go down. Whereas the PlayStation 5 is just using regular old Gen 4 SSDs, which already we're seeing price drops in them. I picked up a one terabyte for my PlayStation 5 and I paid $170 out the door with a heat sink. And it was in the system within 10 minutes. Really great. And I saved almost $50 over what uh, Xbox is to offer. But now they're coming out with a two terabyte, which is almost more than an Xbox. $400 for a two terabyte memory card. And then the 512 is 140 So again, very close to what I spent for a one terabyte. Dave, what are your thoughts on these proprietary memory cards and the, the pricing that they're coming out with? 
Yeah, I mean, I think I've always had a problem. Uh, I've had a love-hate relationship with the proprietary stuff. Um, on the one hand, typically with proprietary stuff, you plug it in, it works. There's no questions, right? This, I used to say this about Macs, right? You've rarely had blue screen of deaths on Macs. You rarely have crashes. Usually Macs are expected to outlast most PCs in the same generation, but they're far more expensive. They have proprietary cables or proprietary uh, hardware, stuff like that. Uh, so I think, you know, on the one hand, I can guarantee that every person that buys one of these Xbox cards is going to plug it in. It's going to work. Whereas on the PlayStation, I can almost guarantee there are people out there who are going to go buy an M.2 card, Gen yep. 3. They're going to plug it in and the PlayStation is going to say, whoops, sorry, this isn't going to work. So I think that there's some wisdom in that for Microsoft. Uh, I think that there's some wisdom in PlayStation's attitude saying the prices are probably going to drop on these things. It's a readily available uh, technology that's out there. But here's the other crazy thing. I didn't even think about this until we just now started talking about it, is that Xbox owners, I think most of them are probably in the Xbox ecosystem as we've talked about before, Game Pass owners. So here's the interesting concoction that they're building. You've got... Xbox Game Pass, access to tons of games, right? You can have access to this kind of unlocked library of games. Oh, but sorry, you can't install them. You'll need extra storage to install them. So it's it's almost like they did Game Pass and and priced Game Pass so well and priced storage so high, like printers and ink, to try to sell more of, of the other. You know, it's... I don't know. I think it's interesting. I think it's a weird problem that's unique because of this um, way that the two problems interact. But uh, I personally am glad I'm not an Xbox owner because that's a ton of money for extra storage. Yeah. So tell um, us about the, the state of play. Speaking of PlayStation news. Yeah. So our big PlayStation news this week is we got a state of play all of a sudden just announced. Uh, it is going to be for Wednesday, October 27th, um, and it's going to be in the afternoon, 3 o'clock Mountain Time, if you guys want to check it out. Uh, they have said that it's going to be about 20 minutes long, and it is going to focus on third party. So assume maybe we'll get some news about some of the third party games we know that are still to come, such as David's favorite, Stray. Uh, perhaps a little bit more Sifu news, as we've been getting small amounts of that. Um, and then the joke I've been seeing around the internet is everybody wants to see some more Deathloop. So maybe we'll get more. I'm just kidding. Deathloop's already been released. Great game. But the amount of times that Sony showed that in the last year is ridiculous. Maybe we'll get some more Deathloop news. So, uh, David, are you excited? Are you hoping to see a little bit more of Stray? I would love to see more Stray. I think anything they can do to show uh, more of games that people are hoping for, good stuff. Um you know, I'm not okay. super excited about the state of play. I think these come out all the time and it's kind of like, well, you know, this is the, the mini hype train for the things that you already know are coming. Um, so I, you know, I'm waiting and expecting to be pleasantly surprised by something that I wasn't expecting. Uh, probably won't watch it live, but that's just me. Yeah. Um, another big thing, uh, this week, uh, big release coming out tomorrow, which kind of surprised me. It kind of came out of nowhere. Uh, but Marvel's Guardian of the Galaxy releases for PlayStation, uh, PC, and Xbox. Again, they are uh, they are talking about this. It's it's from Crystal Dynamics, Square Enix, the same makers of Tomb Raider, 
You know they make great uh, single-player games, and everybody's been saying so far on the reviews that they are uh, making another wonderful single-player game in the Guardians of the Galaxy game. Uh, I will go ahead and announce right now during the podcast, if you are listening to this live later on, uh, the plan is for the next few streams, I am going to get back to streaming on Twitch. I will be playing some Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, so make sure you guys check that out. If you want to see some of the gameplay and hang out and get to see if this game is worth your time to purchase and play yourself. Um, David, you got some news about uh, Stardew Valley, which I know every gamer loves this game. I mean, before we get into Stardew Valley, um, I just want to say... I am I am a fan of critics uh, and looking at Marvel's <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy Metacritic score right now it's sitting at an 81. So it's actually pretty good, right? 81 yeah. far better than the Doom movie, far better than the Super Mario Bros movie. Uh, you know, I wasn't excited about picking it up originally, but I'll probably have to give it a shot because um, it's hard to ignore a game with an 81 Metascore. Speaking yes. of games with good scores, um, and I don't know what Stardew Valley's Metascore is. Somebody can tell me that later. You, you keep talking. Um, I'll tell you. All right. So Stardew Valley, we announced, uh, I think on one of our podcasts a while back, that there were some rumors that the creator was working on something new. Uh, those rumors were confirmed, and uh, it was confirmed that he was working on something new, but still was kind of under wraps. Uh, what is being unwrapped is a game about making chocolate with ghosts. So according to our news article here from Game Informer, it says that uh, Concerned Ape, maker of beloved Stardew Valley, has unveiled the next sweet title dubbed Haunted Chocolatier. It says the upcoming game tasks you with running a chocolate shop inside of a castle that is haunted by ghosts. So uh, for fans of Stardew Valley or that kind of uh, play style, those kind of... Um, I don't know, what would what would you call Stardew Valley? I'm not the game genre master here. Dude, I uh, so genre it shows is role playing. Uh, at least Metacritic is what it's showing is a role playing type game. Um, I'm thinking like pixelated, top down. Yeah, they they're just saying general two D. Okay. Um, so not an action RPG, not a turn based RPG, just a general uh, you know role playing game. Right. Um. So by the way, on the score. David, yes. uh, it's sitting between an 86 and an 89. Well, there you go. Metacritic. More than 85. So uh, if you haven't picked up Stardew Valley in a while, maybe go play it. And if you are a fan of Stardew Valley, uh, be looking out for the upcoming game about making chocolate with ghosts. What do you think, Russ? Are you going to pick it up? <laughs> I am not a Stardew Valley <laughs> person. That is not my game. So everybody who loves it, more power to you. Enjoy the sequel. Uh, I will not be playing that game. That's just where I'm at. <laughs> All right. Well, last up, we've got some news about game a game that everybody loves, uh, at least everybody that is an Xbox player, and that is the latest uh, news about what's going on with Halo Infinite. They just came out with a new campaign trailer, and it looks like a lot of people are saying that this is the open-world Halo game a lot of people have been looking for. So uh, it looks like there's a lot of playtime with uh, Master Chief uh, chasing around Cortana, says uh, Master Chief's got a garage with some nice uh, vehicles in there. We've got some forward operating bases, some enemy bases. Uh, So really exciting, I think, for Halo fans. This is the game that you all were waiting for, that you were hoping was going to release when the Xbox Series X released. And uh, hopefully it's a pretty good game. What do you think, Russ? Are you going to pick it up? Are you a Halo fan? Oh, hey, you know, Game Pass, baby. Game Pass, like... I don't have to worry about picking it up and paying for it. I'm just going to be popping it in on my game pass, loading it up through my phone. And when I get home, I'll 
play some Halo Infinite. You know, everybody knows that I'm not a big multiplayer person. So unfortunately, you know, unless we get a cool group, it might be fun to get the Crossfire group together and maybe do some Halo multiplayer with just us. Uh, in that case, I'd probably play it and enjoy it. And it's always fun when you're playing people you actually know rather than somebody who's like a pro gamer who plays it 24 seven. Um, and I'm sure we could get a bunch of people because I know we have a ton of Game Pass people in the group. So that might be something fun to do. Um, that's it for gaming news. But there was a ton of movie news somewhat related to games, which we always love to cover here on the podcast. Uh, the big one. Okay, this one's, I mean, this one's scary, Dave. This one's scary to me because this is my favorite gaming series of all time. But we finally got a trailer for, I can't even believe it's actually happening. This has been 10 years in development almost of the Uncharted trailer with Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg dropped. And it was okay. I'm I'm very scary, scared optimistic all at the same time whatever it wants to be like i'm hoping it's just okay i would be fine with like a c plus movie at this point just don't completely ruin it make it fun make it like a popcorn type movie similar like any movie that dwayne johnson the rock does like you know the movies that storyline's not that great actions is actions cool it's just a fun movie to go to and eat popcorn and not worry about it Dave, what are your thoughts uh, from seeing the Uncharted trailer? Yeah, I think I was surprised. Um, part of it probably, I think, casting-wise. Uh, I think there have been a lot of questions of casting Tom Holland as Nathan Drake. Um, he's a little bit kind of a smaller build of a person. Granted, you know, Nathan Drake does spend a lot of his time climbing walls. I'm sure somebody probably said, Spider-Man climbs a lot of walls. Tom Holland, Spider-Man, <laughs> Nathan Drake, Spider-Man, sure. Um, so I think that, you know, there's an interesting casting. I also think Mark Wahlberg for me is like a real hit and miss actor. Um, some of his stuff I've seen, I love, it's amazing. Some of his stuff uh, is movies, you know? Um, <laughs> but you also have Antonio Banderas in there. Oh, so, yes. you know, there's some, some other big names. Um, I think that's actually all the big names, Antonio Banderas. Um, but it's not going to be as good as here's my prediction. Okay. We're going to come back maybe later. I think it's not going to be as good as detective Pikachu. We've talked about the the plague of video game movies. It's not going to be as good as angry birds Two. Uh, it certainly doesn't have the cast, the the power, the angry birds Two had, um, Aquafina is not in it. Um, (laughs) but I think it's going to be better than doom. I think it's going to be better than super Mario bros. I think it would probably, be around where I'm expecting it to land is uh, Tomb Raider, the latest yeah. Tomb Raider movie yep. that's going to be good. Very, it's going to be a solid movie. Vibe. As long as it's better than Assassin's Creed, <laughs> the Fastbender Assassin's that Creed that doesn't take much. That doesn't take much, Dave. <laughs> then, then I think it's going to be fine. Um, well, I speaking- I just expect a good fun time from that movie. So. Speaking of good fun times, I want to get to the good fun time movie. We can get to the dark movie later. Um, Just the other day, I sat down to watch the original Ghostbusters with my son. Had a wonderful time. Uh, I had kind of forgotten how fun that movie is. Uh, (laughs) Like as a kid, I think I remember it being more spooky. Um, Probably because the first time I watched it, I was like six. Uh, But, you know, sat down with my son. We watched it and he's just laughing the whole time. Stay puffed. Marshmallow man is hard not to giggle at. 
Um, So now new Ghostbusters, tiny Stay Stay Puff, (laughs) can't even say it, tiny Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Um, I'm loving what I'm seeing out of the Ghostbusters trailers. What do you think, Russ? Are you going to, are you hoping it's going to be good? Uh, well, as a a ghost head, a Ghostbusters fan, um, you know, uh, when I was, you know, five, six years old, I was running around during Halloween wearing my Ghostbusters outfit. I had the proton pack. I had the the jumpsuit with my name on it that I got. You know, my my mom knows she knows that I was a huge Ghostbusters fan growing up. Um, so I am super excited. Uh, the thing that I'm really loving too is we have gotten uh, reviews already for the movie. Um, and so far it is actually trending pretty decently. So rotten tomato meter, 34 reviews. So not a ton out, but we're sitting at a 79%, which I expect, I bet it'll hover right around that 75 to 80%. Um, it's not going to be a hundred percent or like a 90% movie. Unfortunately, when you get these type of movies, some critics just don't like these type of movies and they put it out in their reviews, you know, comedies, things that are just, you know, not to be taken too seriously. Uh, but fans will love it. I have a feeling the audience score will be much higher, but yeah, I am super excited for it. I love ghostbusters, you know, no offense to the ghostbusters reboot with, you know, uh, Kristen Wiig and, and Melissa McCarthy and, and all those people. Like I watched that it was okay, but it was a little disappointing. It, it didn't really catch that ghostbusters feel to it, um, that the originals did. And so I'm excited because this one definitely has that vibe. So very excited coming out November 19th. So make sure you guys go check it out in your local cinemas. Uh, yeah, it's but interesting. Moving... The... Sorry. No, go ahead. The Metacritic no, score. Uh, Ghostbusters, the original, of course, has a Metascore of 71. The yep. uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife looks like so far it's sitting at a 62. Uh, there's a couple people that just really panned it. Uh, the Guardian panned it terribly, but Variety liked it. Uh, Hollywood Reporter liked it. New York Post liked it. Um, so I think that's all pretty good. Uh, and looking back, it looks like the uh, 2016 Ghostbusters movie, um, had a 60 meta score. And I think you're right. I think it was good. It, it just, it wasn't the same, uh, right. Which was part of the, the whole purpose of it was to not be the yeah. same. Um, and there were some things going back and looking at the 1984 ghostbusters movie with my son that I had to go, eh. Bill Murray's a little cringy in his uh, attitude toward women. A little <laughs> is probably, um, that was an the understatement. 80s, so eighties. Yeah. It, it was before we knew, well, it was before we <laughs> before we started doing better, hopefully. Uh, but as a society, yes, yeah. So I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be good. But let's let's hand. I'm going to hand it over to you. You take this one all the way. Tell us about the the movie. Okay. Well, we had a DC fandom last weekend, and the only thing people cared about about DC fandom was getting to see the Batman trailer, the full on trailer. For the Robert Pattinson, um, oh my gosh, it, the best way I can put it is as a Batman fan, as somebody who loved Batman, the animated series, 1989, Batman, Batman returns, Batman forever was okay. We won't talk about Batman and Robin and then getting the Nolan films and getting probably the greatest Batman film ever in the dark Knight, which is my all time favorite movie out of any movie ever. 
I have literally Batman posters in my movie room. Uh, Batman is my thing, guys. That's what I love. And to see the trailer for the Batman, and I I got the feeling, and I, I think this too, Dave, we kind of talked about it, just the, the coloring of the trailer off air. There was a lot of like reds in there that they use. And that really, really brought me back to Batman, the animated series. The Batman animated series was very dark. There was a lot of red hue used, different things, but then they'd, they'd use color and light and yellows and bright oranges to like bring out the color and the, the animation. And I got that feeling watching this trailer for the Batman. And I just loved it so much. The other thing that I'm, I've been hearing talk about, I've been hearing about the plot, I've been seeing in this trailer, I'm really getting that feeling of like an old you know, murder mystery, detective story. I'm hoping that this is the first time that we're actually going to see the great, the world's greatest detective, which is Batman get to go up against one of his greatest villains when it comes to psychological crime. And that being the Riddler. Um, And I'm very excited because Paul Dano, I think is going to absolutely kill being the Riddler. He is an amazing actor Um, getting to see Andy circus as Alfred, Oh my gosh, it's just so many different things. And Matt Reeves as a director, he's just done such a good job with his movies that the the beauty of his cinematography and and the people that, the person that they have doing the the film um who is it? the director of of oh, cinematographer this the, the director cinem- of one cinematography. of the cinematography he is yes, the director of photography. He was also and and tell me if you didn't catch this in the trailer. He was also in charge of Rogue One. There's a certain scene that we see in the trailer that everybody's been comparing to another scene in Rogue One, and uh, everyone finds out that they it's the same the same director of photography, and you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. So absolutely floored. Go check out the trailer if you haven't. I am so excited that we get this movie in March. I am counting down the days to get to see this movie, and I am very excited to see it. Uh, Dave, what are your thoughts? You know, coming from kind of the other side and the behind the scenes stuff and having experience with that, what were your thoughts of the trailer? Yeah, I think, um, granted, I, I had fairly low expectations. Uh, I think like so many other things, like we talked about with casting, uh, there was a lot of question in my mind when you hear like, okay, Robert Pattinson, formerly like blue vampire boyfriend is going <laughs> to play Batman. Um, but I, I can also understand they're going in a different way, right? Uh, in many ways, Ben Affleck was a similar choice to Christian Bale, strong, hard jawed, um, you know, macho man, right? Christian Bale, maybe a little bit more, um, athletic build than Ben Affleck. Um, but you know, I think we're making a shift here. I think Robert Pattinson, much more detective, much more like dark and broody. He's got like the emo bangs, um, I think the cinematography, the if the music in the movie is anything similar to the music in the trailer, which you always wonder, right? Sometimes you you come across trailer music and it's like, oh, that was perfect. You go watch the movie and it's like Side Squad. (coughs) Yeah, you go watch the movie and you're like, wow, this is uh, severely well. And that's how I felt. I watched um, Army of the Dead recently. And like, there was no music in that movie. It would have been enhanced by having music. Um, it was just kind of quiet the whole time. Um, 
I'm excited to see where they take the Batman. I think it's going to be great. I also love how you named all of these different Batman films and skipped over Ben Affleck. We're just not going to talk about that. Oh, well, yes. You know, I, okay. <laughs> Which he didn't have his actually, own standalone Batman. He didn't, um, but I was a fan of Batflick. Okay. I was a fan. I wanted to see his Batman movie because I thought he came off very Dark Knight vibe. The, the Dark Knight Returns comic book uh, graphic novel. Now, what director Matt Reeves has said, and so is Robert Pattinson, this is supposed to be a young, very young Batman. And it's supposed to be very similar to one of the other greatest uh, graphic novels of all time, which is Batman Year One, which is about Batman first coming into his own and becoming Batman and having to deal with everything. So I, I that's where I kind of see, okay, Robert Pattinson looks like the Year One Batman, whereas Ben Affleck looked like the brooding like tank that was the dark Knight returns Batman. So um, I definitely see what they're going for, but yeah, I was a fan of Batfleck. I wanted to see him and he's going to reprise his role as Batman, by the way, in the I flash. I still movie, think so. the best Batman movie with Ben Affleck was the accountant. <laughs> I, if he had just beaten some people up while wearing a cowl, I mean, it was, it was wealthy, rich Ben Affleck, but oh. also is this like crazy assassin who's got all these skills Oh my gosh. I don't know. Anyway, when I saw the accountant, I was like, okay, Ben Affleck could be Batman. You know, you could do this. Yep. And then when I saw Batman V Superman, I went, nope, somebody missed the mark here. Like they didn't watch the accountant. Um, Yeah. I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm also curious. I haven't been following Gotham, uh, the TV show, but I wonder if there's any similarities there and where they've taken Gotham to where they're taking this movie. Um, Certainly. I think we see, um, Bruce Wayne in Gotham, don't we? With like much longer hair and a little bit more like broody, much younger Batman. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I washed out after the second season, but I'm excited <laughs> to see it, but let's get into uh, what we're playing. If we're done talking Batman. So yes, Russ, yes. what have you been, what have you been up to lately on the console? So what are you my, most of my time right now is being spent with uh, far cry six. Uh, just came out. Um, I'd say one of the better Far Cries. Uh, I think Far Cry 4 for me was my favorite um, that I had the most fun with. I love Troy Baker's uh, main character. Uh, the the bad guy in that one had a lot of fun. Uh, you can't go wrong with Giancarlo Esposito uh, in Far Cry 6. So again, uh, great choice for a villain. Um, and I'm enjoying it. It's more Far Cry. You know, if you're a fan of the Far Cry series, then you're going to love this. If you absolutely hate what Far Cry is, this one doesn't do too much different that it's a, like a must pick up and check out. So your Far Cry fan, great. Go for it. Uh, I've also been, you know, dabbling back and forth with a little bit of Kana Bridges Spirits, um, the PlayStation exclusive. Um, great concept. Beautiful, gorgeous game. Um, I just haven't had too much time to really dive in and it, it just hasn't grabbed my attention in the way that I want it to, where I'm just literally wanting to play it all the time. Um, I'm, I'm wanting to play far cry a little bit more. And then, uh, like I said earlier, uh, I'll be picking up guardians of the galaxy tomorrow. So I'm excited to start playing that and jump into there. And I might even just shoot to play and, and beat guardians of the galaxy before I go back to far cry. Cause, uh, I guess it's, you know, a 10, 15 hour campaign, 20 to 24 hours if you want 100% platinum. Very easy platinum. Uh, and I'm one platinum away from my 2021 goal of 80 to hit my 80 platinums. So that would be 10 platinums for the year, um, which is what I roughly like to uh, hit. 
but that's where I'm at gaming wise. Dave, what about you? Have you had any time to play games? And if you have, what have you played? Uh, haven't played a ton of games. Um, just been trying to get a lot of stuff done. Um, doing a lot of memorial services at the church. Uh, unfortunate reality of church work. You know, people don't die on a schedule, um, which is probably a good thing, but, um, you know, when somebody passes, you just kind of have to drop everything and deal with that. So, uh, haven't played a lot. Um, watched, uh, my son play through probably the first hour or so of Kennebridge of spirits. Um, what else? Oh, I did play over to friend's house. Um, I played, what is the PlayStation game with, uh, it's like trivia, Oh gosh, I can't remember. It's like Jackbox a, game. It's kind of like a Jack. It's that's you. Oh okay, that's you. Uh, yep, played that over to friend's place. Uh, it was fun. It was, it was enjoyable. Uh, kids had a good time. Um, trying to think what else. Yeah, really haven't gotten much into anything. Been watching a lot more. You know, I watched um, some Netflix series that I finished. I watched Squid Game. I watched uh, Midnight Mass, which I highly recommend to anybody uh who can deal with a little bit spooky but uh you know a little bit spooky creepy definitely not for kids but some amazing (laughs) theological conversations in that movie or in that show uh far better than squid game which i i still don't know why squid game is getting the the talk it's been getting um yeah so that's that's what i've been playing i'm excited i think it wouldn't be bad to get into marvel's guardians of the galaxy uh, I love games that you can play and beat in a relatively short time and then put away. And it looks like here on howlongtobeat.com, it says main story is 12 hours. So we're talking yep. Miles Morales, uh, yep. you know, Spider-Man, right in that Perfect. genre. Perfect yeah. kind of game. Uh, also wanted to quickly correct the record. I think you said Canna Bridge of Spirits was a PlayStation exclusive. It does look like it's on Windows PC as well. Uh, I think through Steam. Yeah. Yep. Oh. Not positive. Well, I'd have to go. look it up on Steam, but uh, there you go. but yeah. So Canterbury of Spirits uh, played a little bit. So that's that's me. I've, the problem is I just have too much of a backlog, and I need to carve <laughs> out a little bit more time. Right now, a lot of my the other game I've been playing is uh, softball, slow pitch softball with my friends at the park. <laughs> um, so that's been taking up some of my recreation time more so than video games. But uh, oh, excited man, softball. for softball to be over. And then to maybe fill that time with some video games. Yep, absolutely. So why don't we jump into the topic for the day? Um, And this is very timely. So if you're not listening to this podcast right away and you're coming back to it, (laughs) uh, then we're going to be kind of uh, out of the season probably pretty quick here. But I wanted to talk about Halloween because Halloween is coming up around the corner. And there's a lot of churches that do Halloween events, a lot of fall festivals. Um, and specifically, my wife and I were talking about this. She actually is the one who came up with the recommendation. So I got to give her credit where credit's due. But I remember back to one time when I was a kid and we were talking about having this Halloween fall festival. And this one woman in the church said, we cannot do that because having a Halloween festival is like inviting Satan to your church. And after that year, we did not do anything, no fall, no harvest, no festival, no people, no, no tricks, no treats, no costumes. Um, but it's interesting now living in Colorado Springs, we're surrounded by a lot of evangelical churches. I'm seeing a lot of trunk or treat signs. I'm seeing a lot of fall festival signs. Um, and so I wanted to talk a little bit about the 
origins, the issues and the opportunities surrounding Halloween. Um, also to talk about the issues, uh, like one year I received a chick tract, uh, on my car, which for those of you that don't know, it's like a tiny little comic book that you open it up and you're like, Oh, this is an interesting little comic book. And then you come to find out the whole purpose is to make you feel terrible about yourself so that you repent of your sins and you read the sinner's prayer at the end. And then therefore you're saved. Um, this is a, a theology I don't subscribe to. Um, nor would I recommend. Uh, but I remember picking up this chick tract that was on my car at the end of our fall festival when I lived back in Meeker. And it said something to the effect of like, all right, kids, well, welcome to our Halloween fun house. And then the kids were like going through this thing. And then it was like burning hell. And then it was like meeting the devil. And they're like, well, kids, this is the real scary thing is you're going to all get sent to hell unless you say the prayer at the end of the book. So I also want to talk about the problems uh, with portraying Halloween this way. And I don't know. I just wanted to have like a five, 10 minute discussion. Russ, what do you think? What, what's your thought about Halloween? And, yeah. uh, is it an opportunity? Is it a problem? Where's yeah. Halloween for you? Well, as an ex evangelical, uh, that grew up in an evangelical church, I do remember the year that in Sunday school, we were given the truth about Halloween and we were asked, will we commit to not celebrating this, evil satanic holiday and sure enough me and my best friend did it we ended up just staying at his house for halloween and like having a you know a pillow fort and just you know didn't go trick-or-treating that year um and you know i kind of regret that because i didn't know what was going on i was just a little kid and i'm being told these scary stories about how like i'm supporting this horrible horrible thing and i don't want to do that and so i gave in to that idea that Halloween is this very evil, evil thing. Um, and since then, obviously, my mind has greatly changed. And I see it, you know, for what I want to see it as, which to me is what it's all about, is the the message that I understand and what I see going on, which is it's just fun for us. It's a fun time to dress up as something else, eat some candy, and that's it. Uh, if there are undertones or other things going on that people want to say is going on, then that's great. That's good for you that you feel that way. But uh, for me, that's not the focus and that's not what we're doing. Uh, our church just had our trunk or treat event. Um, very interesting. Lots of people dressing up as witches. Uh, my wife being a pastor dressed up as one of the witches from Hocus Pocus, um, which she had an interesting story to tell some people, which was, you know, some of the research that some of her friends have done have actually looked at some of the early pastors in the church were actually deemed witches. Um, so it has kind of a little bit of a, of a, of a background there of why she wanted to do that anyway of like, you know, she's breaking this into this, this area that has been looked down upon a lot by the church in the past. Um, and it ties a lot with the way that they treated people and women back in, you know, whatever time that was that women were constantly being accused of being a witch. Um, so that is just something an extra to be a part of, but we had a ton of fun doing trunk or treat. We have a ton of fun serving the community because I think that's what the church is supposed to be. Most of all is something to be able to serve the community and to be able to put on this event and have the kids come and get candy in a safe environment for free, no strings attached, maybe learn a little bit about the church, maybe find out a little bit about it. Um, that is what the church is all about is the community that it offers. And so that's kind of my background on Halloween and what I'm thinking of today as far as Halloween goes. Yeah, I think it's interesting how uh, the rejection of Halloween is based on the idea that Halloween has spooky costumes 
And yet, you know, some of the origins of the spooky costumes were to ward off evil spirits, right? Mm, the the idea yeah. of dressing up in these so that evil spirits didn't come. Um, but really, so much of this goes even so much further back. Um, you know, people say, well, it's a pagan holiday. Most pagan holiday. First off, most Christian holidays are actually based on pagan holidays. Correct. Easter, Christmas, etc. Go look it up. Um, but most pagan holidays are based on the changing of seasons, right? It's a way that yeah. we recognize that there's a change from one season to another, right? We do this. We have Halloween, we have Thanksgiving, then we have Christmas. This is the way that in the Western world, we celebrate change in the, in the Christian Western world. We celebrate changing the seasons from one to the other. Then we come back with Easter. Then we have Pentecost. This is a way of celebrating the changing of the seasons. So, the changing of the seasons has been happening and people have been having festivals to celebrate the changing of the seasons since probably as long as there have been people. Um, the origins of Halloween specifically kind of go back to Samhain or Samhain, right? Which is, um, a Celtic holiday. Some would say it's a pagan holiday. Um, they celebrate, I would say very similar to all saints day. They celebrate a day where, uh, what they say is that the the veil between the living and the dead is the thinnest, and therefore we are most connected with people who have passed away. We also see this with the Dia de los Muertos in Hispanic cultures. Um, so in some ways, it's like, you know, if all we're doing is recognizing the, the connection we have with those who have passed away, uh, or if we're doing the completely secular uh, holiday where we're celebrating the fact that Mars chocolate makes candy bars. Um, I mean, shoot. They say the fact that more uh, candy is sold on Halloween than the rest of the year combined. Do you know that? I mean, we had candy from Halloween's years past. Most people I know don't eat all of their Halloween candy. No, no. Why are we still anyway? Whole different rant. (laughs) Um, But I would say that, the thing is, if Halloween, like so many other things that we've talked about, if it's celebrated, you, as long as you're not worshiping Satan with this holiday, exactly. right? Which yep. even even Satanists don't worship Satan. That's a whole other topic. Um, but unless you're like committing to do evil, then probably the most problematic thing about Halloween is that it's the day on which most children are hurt or killed in vehicle related accidents. Right. That's the problem with Halloween that we ought to be talking about is how to keep kids safe. And that's that's, I think, the huge opportunity the church provides to say, look, we understand it's not safe to send your five year old out at 10 o'clock at night in a dark community where they might get hit by a car that's backing up. So instead, we're going to have a trunk or treat at the church. You can walk through the parking lot where there's no cars. You can celebrate with community. You can have some candy. You can have some chili. It's going to be great. Um, That's the opportunity I see in Halloween. So. I love the idea of having a fall festival, having yep. a get together, if for no other reason than to keep each other safe, to celebrate community and to celebrate a change in the seasons. So that's my take on Halloween. Yeah. And with and that, I'm, I'm full agreement. I think absolutely all that. Um, and I think it's something that we all as Christians need to realize and just kind of let go as far as trying to make this some hill we want to die on in the future of like, Halloween's this evil, evil thing, and we need to stop it at all costs. So, uh, you know, join in with the fun, be a part of the community, help and provide a safe and fun opportunity for families around you, and uh, just make it what it's really more about, which is just 
having fun, celebrating the the like you said the the changing of the seasons, enjoying some candy, enjoying some time together in fellowship, and just enjoying the overall time of the year. So one quick announcement before we close out our podcast for the day. Um, want to encourage you to support us. If you like the content that you're hearing, um, we have never done some sort of long pledge campaign. Um, and you know, so far I think we're hoping to not ever have to, uh, do one of those NPR, you know, the first 20 minutes of the show is like, you know, call now to receive brought to you by, yeah, but we do require podcast hosting services. We do require web hosting services. So if you want to support us, um, just contact us. Uh, reach out to us through our website, churchforgamers.com or uh, crossfirecast.com. Uh, find us on Facebook or on Twitter or on Instagram or TikTok. Uh, reach out to us and just say, hey, how can I support you guys? Because um, we love producing this content. We do it because we love it, but it's also not free. So trying to keep that going. Uh, but beyond just raising money for ourselves, we love raising money for good causes. Uh, so coming up, I think tentatively right now, we're looking at November 13th, although that's not a hundred percent yet, uh, for doing our extra life fundraiser. That's a fundraiser that goes to support extra life and they support children's hospitals. So join us on Twitch on November 13th or whenever we tell you it's going to happen. Keep an eye out on our social media channels, our website, our Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, Etc., and we will let you know how you can support us in supporting extra life in supporting kids in children's hospitals. So, that is the only thing I've got. Russ, you got anything else? No, that's it for me. Thank you guys so much for tuning in and uh, check out our YouTube, all the podcasts previously, our devotions, any of that stuff. And of course, our Discord, where we have meetings every Monday night for you to hang out with us and others in our community. We got a pretty good, solid group of people that meet every single Monday. So, if you want to talk about games, movies, or the Bible, that is where to go. Monday nights, 8.30 p.m. Mountain Time on our Discord. You can find our Discord over on our website, like David said, crossfirecast.com or churchforgamers.com. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we will see you on the next edition of our podcast. God bless, and have a great day, evening, night, morning, whatever. Have a good night, everybody, or day or morning. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. night.